0: disciplined pursuit of left. That sounds weird, A disciplined pursuit of left. We didn't grow up that way. <laughs> Me and you, we grew up with a more, more, more thing. We grew up talking like Kobe Bryant mythology, where he wakes up at four in the morning and works out for two hours and then eats breakfast and works out for two more hours. And then people copy Kobe Bryant and they all get broken.
1: It is the time of year where we're gearing up for our off-season, and maybe you're already back in the weight room training your athletes. At this time of year, I always love to have Tony Holler on. He's the creator of Feed the Cats and Sprint-Based Football, and he's done an outstanding job of educating coaches on training and getting the most out of your athletes as you prepare them for another season. Ultimately, putting more speed on the field is a recipe for game day success and as you will hear from Coach Holler, this applies to all positions. And taking a sprint-based approach can help you create more explosive players, whether they are guys in space or in the trenches. And I think it's a refreshing approach to really getting players excited about training in the offseason and excited about the game What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like Video Pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser with options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops. Vertical raise has top of the line solutions for every fundraising style to find out more visit verticalraise.com, and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Coach Holler. I'm excited to have you back here. Thank you for taking the time.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk.
1: Coach, a lot of our guests have become aware of your work, but for someone new to you, how did this all come about? You mentioned a pivotal moment about six years ago to me when you decided to share your insight and experiences in what you called a manifesto titled New Ideas for Old School Football Coaches. Can you elaborate on what inspired you to compile your thoughts into this manifesto, and how did this initial expression of frustration evolve into a series of articles and now even sprint-based football that really challenged traditional coaching methods?
0: Well, it, it basically after coaching, I've coached for 43 years. But I, I only coached football for 25. And when I got out of football like six years ago, I think it's 2017, um, I wrote kind of my manifesto of everything I wish I could have said as an assistant at the high school level. You know, all the crap I saw, all the traditional mindless, Um, grinding, broken athletes, broken coaches. And basically, I I wrote something called New Ideas for Old School Football Coaches. And I, I really was just getting a bunch of stuff off my chest about how stupid football can be. And that grew into maybe 10 or 12 articles. And all of a sudden, coaches started like, gee, maybe there is a better way. Maybe there's a way for us to be fresher and faster on Friday nights. And, uh, you know, when I said that we should be speed training in season, and I said, but this will never happen because every football coach in America knows that their team is slower at the end of the season than they are at the start of the season. So we don't want to know their times. We don't know, want to know their speed. Well, what happened was somebody said, well, what if we started doing that? What if we valued sprinting and speed throughout the season? and what it what happened was this magical thing where all of a sudden injuries went away all of a sudden teams were fresher on friday nights all of a sudden we were very aware of what was causing people to get slower we looked in a mirror basically and so sprint based football became became something organically you know that's not trademarked or anything like that but really it's 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 an offshoot of a feed the cats mentality where we are going to nourish athletes and not break them. Uh, I will never forget that my football coach, my junior year in high school, I was a quarterback said that we're going to break you and then we're going to build you back stronger. And, and I thought that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. You know, I, I hope the games would get there soon and it didn't come soon enough. You know, double sessions were just, were, they broke us. And I, I think that coaches were deep down broken as well. And and so all this stuff, I think, is something that is good for kids, great for coaches, and it wins games.
1: Before we got going, we were talking about the late 90s and BFS and Dr. Greg Shepard and how he took the high school strength and conditioning space by storm. They did an incredible job in creating a program that was easily adapted, that really moved a lot of kids through the workouts efficiently and provided this intrinsic motivation system in their set rep log. And I know that a big part of what you do is record, rank, publish. Tell us why that is so important to a sprint-based football program.
0: Yes. I have probably 25 different little sayings like don't burn the steak and stuff that's kind of attributed to feed the cats. And one of them is record, rank, and publish. Record, rank, and publish is the food of cats. And this is what I mean. Athletes are competitive. <laughs> they are, if, if they're not competitive, they shouldn't be in athletics. So if we, can, if we can push the button of let's get competitive, let's gamify training. By gamify, two things, make it more like the game itself, but also make it more like a, a video game where we keep score, where we measure performance. And you're so right about BFS. I jumped on that BFS train in the late, I think it was 1998. You know, we had the BFS posters in, in the weight room. We we started doing core lifts. We kept track of things. And it wasn't just the weight room. We also started running 40s and timing. We also started doing vertical jump. And so this whole idea of record, rank, and publish started with BFS. But, but we don't use logbooks anymore. We, you know, like... We, we you know, have a single clipboard. We write down times. We write down vertical jump, that type of thing. And then I go home and put it on a Google Sheet, and we record, rank, and publish. And that is just so fundamental to everything we do because motivation does not come from words. Coaches like to think that motivation is all about motivational talk. Talk is so cheap and so in one ear, out the other, Kids don't pay attention very well when we talk, but what truly motivates all of us is seeing progress. And Record, rank, and publish allows us to see progress, and then it also, as coaches, it allows us to evaluate what we're doing, because if we are not progressing, we might need to try new things.
1: I couldn't agree more on the motivational side, and I've shared this idea on the podcast, and I'll have to find the episode and link it, but... One of the schools that we took over for, we were basically starting from scratch. We really didn't have a varsity group of kids. We graduated a handful of seniors who were in the program, and we had two juniors, and the rest were freshmen and sophomores, and truly not physically varsity ready. So we took the BFS standards for lifts, agility, and speed, height and weight, and we created that visual, which you would uh, call the publish part of it, and shared it. And it became highly motivational our school colors were red black and white and we were the Cardinals. so we made this chart with everyone's name on it and the goal was to move from white to red to black and we told them that red was a varsity standard if you wanted to be a varsity player you needed to have a, a column full of red cardinal heads on there and if you had red then you would get a red practice jersey instead of the standard issue white And if you turned all of those to black cardinal heads, then you would get a black jersey. And and the black was all conference, right? all conference standards based on the BFS, which I, I love those. Those worked well for me for a long time. And that chart was the first thing they saw when they entered the weight room. And we would make a big deal out of it weekly when someone hit a red or black standard in one of the things we were measuring. And that was our form of record rank and publish that, as you can see, was a huge motivational tool.
0: For sure. You know, as you were saying that, I you you were like pushing my buttons. It was like I, I wish I could have been in that type of program when I was in high school in the 70s. Uh, and, and I got a, a message the other day. I probably get more messages from coaches than anyone in the country. And a guy said, I'm open the weight room every night, and I don't ever have more than three players there. What can I do to increase the interest? It's like, oh, my God, you've got to make it fun. You've got to gamify what you're doing. And so any type of BFS, any, you know, we hand out speed um, wristbands, you know, for 20 mile an hour, 21, 22, 23. Garrett Mueller created dog tags for the truck stick, which is the greatest thing in the world for football coaches, that we want to celebrate big guys that are fast. Big guys that are fast, if you take their their weight in kilograms times their meters per second, which is easy to calculate we can come up with with 600 700 800 newtons and and if you're a 900 newton truck stick which basically means you're big and fast you are going to be an all-conference player so it's very similar to what you were doing with the cardinal heads and red black uh white and and what what i found this is kind of interesting even though you're a high school if you're a 900 newton guy in high school you're all conference in minnesota well if 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 you are an offensive tackle in the first round in the NFL, you're a 1,400 Newton guy because you're 315 pounds and can run 20 miles an hour. And that's what they all can do. Every offensive tackle taken in the first round, 315 pounds, and they can run 20 miles an hour. And if if you're doing that, you are hitting with 1,400 Newtons of force, 500 Newtons more than an all-conference high school player. So those things are just it, it, when you start going dog tags and colors and wristbands, all those things, all of a sudden, everybody will be coming to your weight room. Everybody, and and that's what guys like Brad Dixon and Garrett Mueller have accomplished.
1: I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Gray Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. So when I look back at BFS, you could call it a system, though it wasn't all do this exactly this way for your program. Yes, there were some core fundamentals and philosophies, but I believe with any quote unquote system, you as the coach still need to apply it to your own unique situation. And I think the word system has been hijacked in some ways and taken on a negative connotation. And maybe because there's guys out there branding and marketing and selling their systems as the way to do it and win and I think all that's good. I I think guys should do that, but a system is really more of teaching you how to do things. I look at the air raid guys, Hal Mummy, for example, he'll tell you it's as much as how you do it as it is what you do. So I know you like to say, we teach you how to cook, and I love that analogy. Explain to us what that means.
0: Yeah, that, that's, I think that's really important. Um, when Brad Dixon who I call the godfather of sprint based football approached me in 2017 he said I want to know exactly what and I said yeah everybody wants the recipe you know but but you're going to have to find that yourself you know what I'm going to do is teach you how to cook and by saying that it, it, teaching you how to cook is in, in a feed the cat situation a sprint based football situation is basically learning what not to do um, for example we don't do conditioning we don't bring in our athletes on saturday morning after a friday night game we don't do that we let them sleep in yeah we don't condition the end of practice we don't have a 40 minute warm-up to try to create a pre fatigue you know like having even college programs we want to get their guys tired for some reason for the first hour of practice and it, it just doesn't make sense Yeah, you know, go ahead and do that if you want but you're not feeding the cast if you do and so what we want to create is this faster fresher more athletic team and we also want to create a situation where practice is not miserable we want practice to be the best part of a kid's day so we have to reduce the amount of practice we have to perform in practice instead of working hard every day it makes sense to me to perform at game speeds if your practices don't look like games i don't know what you're thinking you know it, it needs it needs to be game speed and you can't do that if you're practicing three hours every day or if your kids are crushed on monday they're not going to come in and perform on tuesday so all these coaches that say they're sprint-based football or they say hey i feed the cast man you know those coaches all have evolved their recipes now their general principles will be the same everywhere whether you're eric becker at mass in connecticut or the team out in idaho that won a state championship or the team in michigan that won a state championship we could get all these people together in a room and the venn diagram would be huge they they are all doing very similar things they're all miles per hour they're all you know they know what truck stick is they all are thinking about thinking more about taking days off than they're thinking about adding time to practice Uh, when they lose they don't blame conditioning toughness, or the other team wanted it more, they don't blame those things. They say, we're not good enough. We weren't good enough today. Maybe we're outmanned today, but we are going to get better, and we're not going to get better by doubling our practice time. So it's not a system. A system, to me, is, uh, as you say, has become a negative connotation. A system, to me, is a recipe. It is like, this is what you do to win. Whereas what we're trying to do is teach coaches how to coach for the benefit of kids, the benefit of coaches and to win games.
1: So from a testimonial standpoint, you trained my son, Aiden virtually, and he's a college junior now playing college baseball at uh, division two Tiffin. And essentially you taught him how to cook. In fact, it was such a shift in thinking about it from what he had known, especially because any of his training was really driven by the football team in high school. And He followed what you taught him, and he went and got the free lap timer and timed all of his sprints, and he's become fast while also becoming bigger. He was about maybe 165, 170-pound guy running a high 4.640, and he still runs with his friends who are playing college football in the summer, so he'll record some of those 40s, and now he's a guy pushing about 190, and he ran a 4.49 timed electronically on the free lap timer this past summer.
0: I, I say that when you start timing stuff, you start learning stuff, and it's a real key. That's, that's like for football coaches, track coaches, whatever. Um, I was never timed in a sprint one time. I, I ran high school and college track not one time in practice. As a sprinter was I ever timed in a short sprint not one time because practice was work. Practice was not performance. We waited to put on spikes when we ran in a track meet. So what Aiden did is he grew from being a, a guy that could run 21 miles an hour to a guy that could run 22 and one mile an hour for an athlete is life changing. And you can do that. If you're patient speed grows like a tree and you have to put in your 10 to 12 weeks and you have to be consistent and you also have to be very disciplined, a disciplined pursuit of less. That sounds weird. A disciplined pursuit of less. We didn't grow up that way. Me and you, we grew up with a more, more, more thing. We grew up talking like Kobe Bryant's mythology where he wakes up at four in the morning and works out for two hours and then eats breakfast and works out for two more hours. And then people copy Kobe Bryant and they all get broken. You know, or or distance runners copy uh, Jim Ryan back in the day when he used to run 4,400s in a workout. Yeah, you you take a distance kid and run 4,400s in a workout and they will be broken. So what we're trying to do is is teach kids the things that matter, and Aiden did that. And by the way, Aiden grew one mile an hour faster in his 20s when most athletes, get this, most athletes are slowing down. So instead of slowing down, instead of going from 21 miles an hour down to 20, he went from 21 to 22. And I bet he looks like the fastest baseball player in the world when he's playing right now.
1: He definitely looks fast, both on the bases and getting the ball in the field. And he looks strong, for sure, with that 15 pounds of muscle. And he continues to train his speed and follow what he's learned from you, especially philosophically. And I think it's increased his confidence. He has an attitude, especially on the bases, that he's stealing the base, and you better be perfect to get him. And he even stole twice home within the last year in summer ball and fall ball
0: that's amazing cuz you know 90% of all guys if you gain 15 20 you're slower you're abs- that's why guys as they age get slower now now if you are sprinting along with lifting and eating correctly and all that stuff y- you can thread that needle and get bigger and faster but you can't do that if you're not sprinting
1: yes that's it and the sprinting and I think he's very conscientious about as you like to say, not burning the steak. I talk with him almost daily about his training, and every now and then I'll say, how did your speed workout go today? And he'll say, I didn't run today, I felt tired. And me having some of that old school coach mentality that was ingrained in me will initially get a little angry, and then for a second, I'll I'll remember, yeah, that's (laughs) what Coach Holler told him. He's just following Coach Holler's way of cooking. And in that regard, I think now, as he's trying to get more out of everything he does, pay attention more to the recovery and to the nutrition
0: no if you're if you're depressed or if you're physically sore you didn't sleep the night before you can still do a sprint workout you're just not going to improve yourself you would improve yourself more by taking a nap that day take a nap i saw the other day that houston basketball now has a a nap center uh, that that you literally go in for light therapy and to take a nap, TCU football has spent more money in the last four years on recovery equipment than they have on weight equipment, and of course they're also speed based down there. They uh, sprint train three times a week during the football season, so it's all going in that direction. And I love what you said about how Aiden is cares more about his health now, cares more about his sleep because the old way, the traditional way, where we where we were we were worked really hard and we accept, you know, we worshiped the grind and all that stuff. I think what that created were, were athletes, college athletes that, that drank a lot of beer at night, that, that had to like self-medicate because of their mental depression, physical depression, all that stuff. And when you go with this disciplined pursuit of less and performance is key and speed is your goal, and you know, you must get good sleep you start developing a healthier lifestyle, which, gosh, that sounds pretty good, too.
1: Yes, it's definitely something he's working on. Better fuel, better recovery, better sleep. And I know he still puts a ton of time and effort into developing his skill. Uh, Always in the cages, always doing something fielding. But in general, the approach has been to put more focus on quality over quantity and I think that's something that's really developed out of this mindset of of what you taught him with this sprint-based approach. I love it. So coach, I know you have a big event coming up at the end of the week for Track Football Consortium and TFC Chicago. Tell our listeners about what you have going on.
0: Yeah, this is our 20th TFC. You know, we we've gone coast to coast, you know, Florida to California to Missouri, we we've had some on the road, but Chicago's our base and um, and the thing is probably the most unique uh, experience some people say it's it's we're a cult and and I'm kind of proud of that actually because really what we have is like a cult like following which every business should strive for we have people that that feel like uh it's it's almost an emotional experience to go to a TFC because there's people that that truly care about other coaches and are so giving and all that kind of stuff, and, and and all of our stuff is kind of preachy about, you know, kids have one one chance to go through this stuff, and and let's don't make practice miserable. Practice is ninety percent of a kid's athletic life. Now let's let's make things better. Let's win all those things. So anyway, we have it's basically a twenty-four hour thing, that goes from like four thirty on a Friday afternoon till about five o'clock on, on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, there's, uh, nine different time slots. So, I mean, the most you can see is nine presentations, but there are 21 presentations to choose from. And for the people who miss, obviously you, you're not going to see 12 of them. Those things will all be recorded and everybody with an in-person ticket gets all 21 recordings. Plus four bonus recordings, like one of them's by Dr. Ken Clark, amazing. One's by Bob Thernhofer from the University of Louisville. So anyway, you all in all, you get twenty-five recorded presentations. And if you can't go, you can buy the twenty-five presentation uh, videos for only one hundred forty-nine bucks, which is almost like giving them away. So it, it's it's an amazing thing. Is uh, if you go, you will say this is the most unique thing I've ever been to you will develop a a fraternity of coaches that that you can reach out to and you'll learn to cook in a way that let's just say you'll never go back you'll never go back to traditional methods once you see the new school stuff and in an era where coaches are dropping like flies when when coaching when teachers and coaches are leaving the profession to hear coaches that have bought into sprint-based football feed the cats and to hear them sound kind of like they've been reborn and, and they will never quit coaching is is really a testimony to the type of thing that we're driving. And we don't wanna say it's all like everybody gets a trophy, um, we're not gonna work hard. No, the discipline pursuit of less is hard work. Getting nine hours of sleep every night is the hardest thing a teenager will ever do. But if we can get kids doing that, we will improve their lives, and in turn, we'll win more games.
1: Coaches, I highly recommend getting out to TFC Chicago at Elmhurst University on Friday, December 8th, and Saturday, December 9th. And we have a link to that and to the video access if you can't attend in the show notes. And I'll link some of Tony's sprint-based football resources there as well. Tony, it's always a pleasure to talk with you here on Coaching and Coordinator, and I look forward to having you back again.
0: Thank you so much, Keith. I appreciate you. We'll